Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's good, family? Jalen here. I have some great news to share with you. We have recently launched BWR Academy, the number one online school and community focused on teaching personal finance and wealth building principles. By becoming a member, you will gain access to premium financial education covering the topics of credit and financing, debt repayment strategies, retirement planning. That's right, we're going over 401ks, IRAs, and everything in between. Life insurance, we'll be having weekly budgeting and accountability calls, and so much more. You will also gain access to a powerful network. For years, we have been preaching, your network is your net worth. So here's your chance to increase your social capital. We'll be having many of our previous podcast guests coming back to teach exclusive classes that can only be found through BWR Academy. We have also partnered with Capital, a premier financial app that will allow you to participate in our quarterly savings challenge. We have a goal of helping a thousand families save $1 million collectively. We'll make sure that you are not a part of the 74% that cannot afford a thousand dollar emergency. So if this sounds like the type of environment you would like to be a part of, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the show notes. Make sure you sign up now because spots are extremely limited. See you in the academy. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, Kelly here. And I want to say thank you for listening to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, because without you all, we would not be here. And I have a very exclusive announcement to make. We are releasing a brand new show. That's right. We're coming out with a brand new podcast called What's On Your Timeline. We're taking that little segment out of our podcast. We're making it a brand new show exclusively on Patreon. So click the link below. Join our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You'll get an episode every week of a raw, unfiltered, unedited versions of us. You get to hear from me, Jalen, David, and even Jerry. You get to hear what we think about on our timeline. You get to hear what we're into, what are we listening to, what are we learning, and we'll get to even teach some things possibly. And I promise you, you won't regret it. We're going to talk about stocks. We're going to talk about crypto. We're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about the Federal Reserve. Hell, even in this last episode, we talked about Kwame Brown. You know, you're going to get the raw, unedited versions of us, and it is exclusively on Patreon, so click the link below. Check it out. Tell us what you think. If you want to join, like I said, again, click the link below. It's only $5. Literally a dollar, almost a dollar a week, you can get a brand new episode of What's On Your Timeline. So, and we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Peace out. You know the rules.
rules of the game. Yeah. If you know the rules of the game, I don't care what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money. Let's talk. Can you make me that? If you can't make me that, I don't want to talk to you. Hey, I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on do what I want to do. Have kids, go live my chip and joy in the game's life out here in Texas or struggle for next year. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. A very special episode, if I must say so myself. Your boy, David Bellard, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in with my co-host for the episode, Jalen. My brother, how you feeling? What's good, what's good, what's good, y'all? It's your boy, Jalen, man. Another quarter of the Black Wealth Renaissance. I'm feeling great, man. The energy in the room is amazing. A-1. Outside is looking amazing. So I'm great, man. I'm blessed, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man, man. It's a million-dollar Tuesday. That's how I'm feeling, man. We <laughs> hey. sitting next to... Like the, the, the millionaire boss. maker, the millionaire maker is what I yeah. call it. As you can see, everybody, we got another special episode in person guest. To my right, I have the lovely King Ashley Ann hey. sitting next to me. She is <laughs> the the premier social media coach, entrepreneur, all all over, man. This lady has helped over a hundred people build seven figure brands on social media. I don't Come know who man. else doing it like that. I don't know. I don't know anybody doing it like that. Even Ashley. even outside of that, she got the event planning like going crazy. You did seven right. figures in that? I'm pretty sure yeah. closer to eight. Yeah, like that's how I made my first million was in the event space. And that's Come also on, how I learned I was good at social media. Wow. Yeah. We well, got we got so much to get into today, Ashley. Thank you so yeah, much for being here. Thank you for here. coming on. We appreciate it. <laughs> thank y'all for having me. I'm no happy problem. to be here. We've been trying to make this happen for a minute, so yeah. I'm super hyped. Yeah, yeah I'm excited sure. about and it. I love what y'all do for the community. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank appreciate you. that. Really means a lot to us coming from you. So we really definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Because even whenever we were just getting started, like before, like David before said, we yeah. even got started, like you were one of the first people that we seen you out here educating, you out here providing, like giving you, value. It, one of the inspirations for what we we seen with this, like you were the type of person that embodies what Black World Renaissance is about, like oh, that that leading the wave of educating our people and showing them, like, look, you a black millionaire, you actually getting it. So yeah, thank you. I'm no blessing. Uh, <laughs> man. man, but thank you. Yeah, we yeah. get right into this. So for everyone who's not familiar with you, can you just let them know who is King Ashley Ann and how'd you get the name King Ashley Ann as well? <laughs> okay, so hey, y'all, hey, my name is Ashley Ann. I'm a social media strategist, a biz builder. I'm an award-winning luxury event designer, but most people probably tap into me being a business builder. I have the gifts of business beautification and hospitality. Shout out to the big G-O-D for hooking me up with all of that. I have helped over 11,000 people make money with social media. Right now, I have over 700 clients that are six-figure earners. 146 of them have done a million dollars in under a year with their social media accounts. And I have nine clients right now that are having million-dollar months. So 
That is what I do out here in the streets. We get to the bag. I focus on everything from building a business from scratch to branding and marketing, running ads, creative campaigns. We do a lot of personal and professional development too. You know, I think it's a mistake when people try and take themselves and their spirituality out of their business because it's your vision, it's your goal. So if you're not healthy and whole, you're not really going to be able to sustain your business, right? So, you know, that's how we get it cracking. And then as far as the name King, so, you know, I, I knew it was time to kind of expand and do something different. I had already been helping people with building brands and creating products and sourcing and stuff like that on the consultant tip. And I had just really gotten to doing live streaming. And people were like really gravitating to the digital products and courses and even when we were having the like in-person events and stuff. And I was like, oh, I was like, so funny story. <laughs> when I first started live streaming, I was like, oh, if I make $1,000 a month with this, I keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. People are like, what? You know, because now yeah, I have like $100,000 yeah. days. But yeah, it's like $1,000 a month. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so when I could kind of see that it was going to turn into something, I was like, okay. I was like, let me, you know, really think about what's a good fit for what I want to do? Because instead of it just being under the Ashley and Speaks umbrella, you know, and I'm just speaking at stuff because we're doing a lot more, like, I would say maybe impactful education, for mm -hmm. lack of better words, and making things accessible to people at smaller price points instead of, like, super high-level stuff. And me and my sister, you know, we were doing our regular thing. I think I had to go speak at something in Houston or something. So we were working on trying to find a new name for like three or four days. And we just kept seeing like crowns everywhere. And then I was like, Queen Ashley don't sound right. She's like, nah, that don't fit. You know, blah, blah, we're Like princess. Blah, blah. We just kept going. And then we had drove by this billboard mm -hmm. and it had, I think it was like King, was it? kingly cleaning or something like that or whatever and both of us at the same time we's like king ashley ann i was like that's kind of dope i was like it feel right and she was like it feel right to me too she's like it fits you right because even though i'm a feminine woman in business i do have like a lot of masculine energy like mm -hmm. i'm very mm -hmm. strong and i'm i'm unapologetic about it i'm like hey it is what it is like get with it or get out the way so I started doing some research. And when I was doing my research, I found out that there are actual female kings. Mm. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. And a lot of people don't know that. And then that queen was actually like a westernized thing. I kept digging, digging, doing more research. And when it got into the pharaohs, even the female pharaohs, like they didn't have a different title. They were like the king. Like That was still that. And I was like, hmm. Then I kept going, and I ended up finding this story about King Peggy. It's really interesting if y'all get time to check her out or whatever. So anyway, she's actually a female king over a whole village in Africa. So I kept doing some more research, and I was like, well, let me look up the definition. 
And so when I went and looked up the definition of queen, it said a queen is actually a position or a title that holds no power. Mm-hmm. A queen is used to describe the wife of a king. Because typically, not that there aren't female kings, but most of the time, men are you know the kings, king, yeah. presidents, rulers, stuff like that. But there are some women that are in there. And then I kept going to find out. And there actually in history, there were several queens that went by the title of King, because when they said queen, nobody respected them. Because mm. and then when you look up king, it actually says the position of power and a ruler. And I was like, and I'm big into words, you know, mm-hmm. what I speak over my life. And I was like, I'm not gonna be speaking in that I don't have any power in my life. I'm not doing that. I was like, what? It's like, nah, dog, that ain't for me, right? So I mean, technically, I could be a king and a queen at the same time, you know, because I could be the wife of another king, mm-hmm. maybe an emperor, you know, instead of pharaoh. We finna get out here and kill it together, right? <laughs> but. I was like, okay. I was like, yeah. I was like, this is it. Like ruling, you know, and running whatever's going on in my domain. And that's it. And you definitely (laughs) running what's going on in your domain. That's a very fitting name. And I'm glad, like, you mentioned that piece about speaking things over your life because that is important. Like, paying attention to word meanings and the things that you're saying to yourself about yourself. That's like something people really need to be intentional about. Yeah. Definitely got to be intentional. You, You can change your life. In 90 days, if you change the way that you speak mm-hmm. and what you pull into yourself. And a lot of people think that's like hokey pokey, but no, nah, it's, it's real. You know, like I've lived it. I've helped other people get there, like being super intentional about what you want every day and what you're saying to yourself and what you're saying about your family and your friends and people around you. You can shift and create whatever you want to create. And it does not take a long time before it starts to show up. Mm. Yeah. See. And I totally agree to that mindset and that thought, too. Just because, like, if you just really pay attention to it, anything that you put into your body, where else is it going to go? Like, it's going to have to come outward with the food that you eat, the things that you drink, like all of that. It reflects from what you're going from within. So why not what you're consuming in your mind, too? And uh, that was something very big that we were big upon when we first started our page. We're like, we want to make sure that we show everything that's straight positive. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there might be some stuff that, you know, is kind of negative or whatever, but we're going to stay away from it. Cause just because we're trying to uplift and really show people, you know, you don't have to be all of these toxic things that you see on the Internet. You don't have to embody those things. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. it's a lot of it. We definitely under attack for sure, for sure. Always, always. <laughs> the yeah. show is like the most negative stuff. They want to blow it up. They put the most like reach behind it. It's the most accessible. And you like, come on now. Like, really? And I probably wouldn't have as much beef with it if it was balanced. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, if it was, you were also highlighting like people in our community that do really extraordinarily awesome, amazing things. And so you were able to see both sides. Then I'd be like, okay. I'm like, that's what's up. You know, let people live, you know, but. It is, you it's know, over, it's, over it's overly saturated. Negativity yeah. yeah. Like, Facts. and that stuff gets in your mind because then you feel like as a black person, I'm not worthy of these things or I'm not supposed to have these things. or I'm not supposed to be in those particular places. So one thing like I hear black people say all the time, and if y'all think about it, y'all probably had somebody say this to you before. Right. So let's say you're watching a certain show. You watching it? It's white people stuff. You go to a certain <laughs> restaurant. Mm-hmm. That's that white people food. That's that white people food. <laughs> like you travel to a certain place. That's that white people. Sh- you know what I'm saying? But if you really think about it, it's really effed up. Because it's like you're basically saying as black people, I don't deserve the same quality of life mm. as other people. 
Or and there's, I and can't be interested in this I can't type be of topic. In this because I'm black. I don't get to be in that space. I don't get to live like that. I don't get to experience those things. I don't get to do this because I'm black. And because it's been like just saturated, right? And we've been like just bombarded with this. You start to believe those other things are not for me. I can't travel there. I can't own that. I can't wear that. I can't buy that. I can't use that. I can't mm. watch that. And then when you see another black person that's like, nah, this is what I want to do. That's that white people stuff. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Just like crazy, right? And then you hear like all the time. So it's the words and what you're thinking and your imagery and stuff has a lot to do even with where you see yourself in life and where you can be. Mm. Mm. That's a message just to do. That's yeah, a message man. before we get into <laughs> it, man. Ooh. Yeah, if y'all listening, take heed to that. And uh, I do kind of want to get into it now. Because you said... You got nine people making over a million dollars a month? Yeah. Like, up. come on, man. Like, <laughs> we come up, we on, up. man. Like, who who do you even know that's, that's saying, like, helping people do these type of numbers, do these type of things? And I kind of want to go into how'd you find yourself into that space, into helping. Matter of fact, I want to go, go to the yeah. beginning. I want to go to the I want to go to the event. Yeah, I want to go to how you made your first million dollars in the event industry. How'd you even get started in that? So I've always just had an inclination for beautification. Mm. I like things to be functional, but they got to be pretty. And to the point that people that don't care about stuff like that, I probably agitate them and irritate them because I want it to look a certain way. And my whole life, people have been like, you are so extra. But hey, it's cool. You know, extra got me extra money, you know, extra houses, extra cars, extra business. So, hey, extra, extra. We up, right? So shout out to everybody that tells y'all you extra. You're not extra. They just not enough. Okay. That's mm. what it really is. They not enough to get to where you aspire to be in your life. That's what that is. So I took all of my little extraness mm -hmm. and I started using it towards just doing like regular art. Like when I was little, I always drew a lot. You remember back in the day when you went to the grocery store, they gave you like the brown paper sacks. Mm -hmm. I get the brown paper sacks, cut them open, flip them on the backside. And I would tape them all over my whole wall. And my mama let me, at the time I didn't know I was doing murals, but my mama would let me do it. And like every three months, I'd be like, oh, I want to make another one. And, that, and that's just what I would do. <laughs> we did like crafts and stuff. So then it went from there to like, I don't know, I would be bored. And she would just come home one day. I would have rearranged my whole room. I'd be like, mama, don't you think the living room would look better like this? And she'd be like, we can try it. You know, she like encouraged it. So like, and my mom mm. was really, really gifted too. And so was my grandma. So anything with like, interior design, decorating, put stuff together. Mm. I would be like their tag along. And so my mom would do everybody's weddings, baby showers, like whatever they had going on, birthdays. If they wanted something special, they would call my mama. Mm. I'm a daughter, so I was a helper, you know, and I'd be having a great time. I'd be like, yes, like I help you make all this little stuff, put all this little stuff together. It was so, just fun for you. Just fun. So from there, as she got older and then the cousins got older, I was the person in the family that did that for all of my cousins. Then one of my cousins moved into her townhouse, and one of our coworkers came over and was like, oh, who decorated your house? It's great. And she was like, who, who'd you hire? And she was like, you ain't got no decorator. My cousin did that. Think she'll do mine? Okay. <laughs> then I went and did it. Then it got to the thing. People were like, well, how much will you charge? No, I ain't really yeah, about yeah. it. Just give me whatever you feel like giving me. Like, this is just fun for me. It's cool. Then it went from there to, well, you do houses. Do you do parties? Sure, I help you with a party. What are you going to charge me? No, oh, you just give me what you think is worth. That's cool. Because it was just fun for me. Mm. So 
I ended up doing this spring, no, fall, first day of fall. They do this party. Every year at the first is a fall solstice party, and I'm putting everything together and setting up everything. Oh, okay, wait, let me back up. I missed a step. So I had my corporate job by then. I was in graduate school. I was doing my own little thing. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be into events, but I couldn't quite figure out what exactly I how wanted to, to do. In, like in, how to in, make it a full thing? Yeah, I couldn't quite figure it out. I had called literally 20 different event companies in town. Nobody would hire me. Nobody would give me an internship. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to get a job at a part of rental company so at least I can be around it and maybe learn a different aspect or a different angle, right? Mm. So I'm working a corporate job, and I'm also working part-time at a party rental company. And this lady comes in, and anyway, she's having her fall party, and she's stressed out because she didn't have anybody to help her put everything together. And I said, hey, I'll help you put it together. And I just came, I did it for free, you know, because I like doing stuff. I was like, I'm really good with mm-hmm. stuff. And in the party rental company, I actually was already putting together all of the displays for them. So they had already seen their actual rentals go up because I would like go on the floor every week and like change out design and stuff. People like, oh, I like the way they look. I want to rent all of that for 100 people or all of it for 200 people or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Go to the party. I set it up. She's super over the moon happy with me. You know, all these people are like, oh, my God, who did this party for you? Blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the night, she comes to me. She gives me 500 bucks. And she says, I know what you did for me. It was worth way more than this. But this is all I have right now. Mm. And she gave me 500 bucks. And then she found me like a week later and gave me two bands. And that's when I was like, oh, I was like, I can make money doing this. And that's when the wheels started turning. Mm. Now, at the same time, I was going through my master's program. And my professor, Dr. Don Bradley, this dude, he's an older cat. And he was so funny. He would get up in front of the class. He'd always have a big, huge stack of cash. I don't know why he carried that much cash. I have no idea. But anyway, he would throw it down all the time. Cash is king. If you got cash, it don't matter what your credit is. It don't matter what your color is. It don't matter. Just, you know, he go down like, mm-hmm. cash is king. Bam. Oh, white, money, oh white money, dude. He did throw, bam. Throw it down on the table. So in his program, he was tough. And we ended up having to put together like a full business plan, feasibility study, mm-hmm. and all of that. Well, I was already dibbling, dabbling with the event. So I was like, huh, Can like, apply what you're learning. Why not? Let's see if, if it's really, you know, worth doing something. And so anyway, he gave it a thumbs up. And he's like, hey, I think you got a good idea. You should really try and pursue this. So bam, just like that, I got out there in the streets and that's how I started doing events. I was still working full-time though, corporate. I worked my full-time job for three years before I left and went full on mm. small business owner solo. So that was how that whole thing worked. And I got out and I hustled and I picked up as many jobs as I can. I made a bunch of mistakes though. Cause when I started, you know, you just want to be working. Mm. I took a bunch of jobs I shouldn't have took. Cause mm. I didn't understand at that time, like, target audiences and people really, you know, understanding like the value of your product and being able to afford your services and stuff like that. So I really was taking on a lot of stuff I really shouldn't have been taking on. Mm. And after the first year, I actually lost money. <laughs> Cause I was like paying to be in business because I wanted stuff to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Even if people didn't have the budget. You were still trying to do your standard. I was still trying to do my standard. So anyway, fast forward, I got myself together, figured out what the minimum was I would take for a client and kept it cracking. Now, on the backside, I was doing everything they teach you to do in graduate school, doing billboards and church fans. And I'm on cable commercials and radio and I'm sponsoring events. I'm at community stuff and doing all this, but it's like hit and miss with clientele. Mm. Put a post on Facebook one day. Then nothing happened. I didn't get seven likes. Anyway, I was like, I'll do another one. Third one. I remember this. Didn't even get 20 likes. 
But I got a DM from this woman. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I see you do weddings. Your work is beautiful. Do you do birthday parties? Hmm. Yeah, I do a birthday party. What's your budget for your party? 28000 Girl, I'm already at the venue. Where you at? <laughs> Where you at? Now, back in the day, at the time when this was going on, the average cost of a wedding was like $15,000. Mm. So this woman was spending she more got, for her yeah, birthday yeah. party than for the weddings I was doing, right? And I was like, I'm here. Where are you? What's up? So the light bulb went off in my head at that point in time. I was like, dang, Facebook was free and I got a customer. It didn't even get 20 likes. So that's when I realized you don't have to have like a big, huge following to make money with social media and traditional marketing routes are not probably the path that I need to be taking Mm. or whatever. So that's really what kind of did it. I did our event that stayed in the back of my head. I started going to a bunch of like online courses, you know, just trying to learn stuff. This dude, his name was Frank Kern. Frank Kern had like the biggest email list I had ever heard of or seen before in my life. And it actually, I like how much? Yeah, how many people? Was it up? was like five hundred thousand people or something Sheesh. like that. I mean, it was a huge list, and this this was like years ago, years ago, because I started my event business in oh, we I started in oh seven, but I got legal in oh nine. I said, you know, I did what everybody do. You know, yeah, it, it take that the, the sole proprietorship route for a little minute. Yeah, you know? I wouldn't need sole proprietorship. I just side hustling. I just, <laughs> I just, I just I say, yeah, I do a little this, I do a little that, or whatever. But once I realized, like, okay, this is a legit thing, I was like, let me go and actually find my articles of organization, set up my business structure, stuff like that. So, anyways, I'm taking this class from this dude, and he's like, well, he's like, I don't even email my list every day. I just send an email and make hundreds of thousands of dollars and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, of course you do. You got half a million people on this list. Like, what the crap? So I'm actually discouraged because at this point, I've been working six or seven months and I'm like, I ain't got 2,000 followers. <laughs> like, I ain't no, I'm going to be poor forever. Oh my God. <laughs> so, anyways, but something in me was like, just send it out to the people you got. I send out a little email asking if anybody, you know, wants my services or want to book a consultation or whatever. I made $17,000. Whoa. With only 2,000 people on the list. Whoa. Now, I'm a numbers person. I'm a stats person. I'm a data person. So I was like, this could have been a fluke. Try it again. Try it again. Right. Try it again. Hey, I made 22 bands. Oh. Whoa. Come on, man. With 2,000 hey, two, two two thousand people? 2,000 people. people. But that's 2,000 engaged people. And quality. Mm. Quality. That's why I was like prosperity over popularity and i've mm. been with that for over a decade if y'all hear somebody saying that they stole my ish let me know okay <laughs> that's, that's me so anyway so anyway so then i hit up some of my friends i was like hey i think i know a way that you can make money is always legal like and you can do kind of what you want to do right so it's five of them i say everybody just gotta do what i say do for the next six months everybody started making crazy money twenty thousand twelve thousand eighteen thousand that was a yo you know, but back in the day, we didn't have like all of the softwares and technology and apps and stuff like we got now. Mm-hmm. So you like really had to work. Like you, you was like shit. you was like coding for like days to put together Dang. stuff. Like you know, you had to find a special like- bit just to put together like a regular landing page or your offer and stuff like that. They didn't have they didn't lead have pages yeah they didn't have lead pages and Sam card and. Cause all that stuff wasn't there back mm. in the day. That's going when people like, oh my god, it's so hard. I'm like, shut up. Nah. Use a dirty lie. This is not hard. This is not hard at all. You can so, learn this in 15, 20 minutes. Real right, talk. right. This is not hard. You just need to apply yourself. So anyway, we get through that. And I'm like, oh, snap. You know, people make money. I still don't know I should be a coach yet, though. That's years away. Yeah. Or whatever. So I'm like, I'm hyped. 
So I'm like, as long as I keep giving these people helpful tips, helpful information, this is before content market was content marketing. I just was like, oh, I'm just going to answer questions for people. Mm. And if a client would email me or call me with a question, I would turn around and put the information back online. Mm. So what that was doing, I didn't realize at the time, but I was establishing myself as a resource and building up a really huge fan base. Mm. And then I got to the point where I wasn't even doing traditional marketing anymore. I was booking all of my clientele solely off of Facebook. All of it off of Facebook. And, and, this, then, and this is back in before this like, this Facebook. Like, this, was, like, this is like 2009, 2010. Did they even have Facebook ads yet? No, no. I hadn't even gotten into ads yet. I hadn't even gotten there yet. I don't think I had an Instagram page yet either. Like I didn't get an Instagram page until much later. Yeah, because yeah. 09 is... I didn't get an Instagram to like 2010. Yeah, it was it was a I, while. Yeah, I didn't get Instagram to like 2013, like type stuff. But yeah, I feel hey, like that's, I, that's I feel wild. like I probably was somewhere around there, like maybe 14, 15, 13, 15, somewhere in between there. I gotta go look. It, yeah. it took me a long time to go get an Instagram page. I didn't get it right off the bat. So I'm doing that. I'm getting my clients and my customers, and then this is where all that training at school came in. I had this other professor. His name was McMurtry. Mm. He was a hard ass. He was real tough. But, you know, he was like that because he wanted to get us ready. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we had this presentation that we had to do. I was partnering with these racist white girls. I will never forget this. One of the girls' boyfriend called me like a nigger bitch and all kinds. Oh, it was wild. I called my professor what? and cussed my professor out. <laughs> called him on his voicemail and cussed him out because I didn't want to work with the girls. I already knew they was, like, not right or whatever. But I'm like, whatever. And at the time... Like, normally when it was a group project, I was the person to end up doing everything. All anyway, the work. Because when people would put out work, it wasn't to the right standard. It wasn't something I would be proud of. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to put my name on the scrap. So, anyway, I literally cussed my professor out. I'm like, <laughs> exaggerate. He felt bad, you know what I'm saying? Because he got me in here with these crazy white yeah. girls and they boyfriends and stuff, threatening me and all this kind of stuff. He goes, I said, I don't. He said, well, what can we do? I said, just let me do my project by myself. I don't want to work with them and I don't want them to have access to none of the work I already did. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, I changed my topic and everything, but they not getting none that I already did. He agreed to it. So I did my project or whatever. It was hard because everybody else had groups of four to six people and, and I'm out here by yourself, myself, yeah. but I did it by myself and I killed it. And when I got done, he said, you know what? He said, you really have a gift for sales. He said, you really should consider a career in sales. He said, you're really good at taking complex information and making it simple. I'm thinking he's talking about like a TJ Maxx or, you know what I'm saying, like a retail store. I'm like, I don't work in retail. You know, that's the only sales I knew. And I hadn't really, I hadn't ever seen any black sales executives. You know what I'm saying? I know anything about like marketing careers and all this other stuff at that time. So anyway, he's like, I'm going to call somebody. He calls up a corporation, says, hey, I got this girl. You need to check her out. She bomb.com. He gets me on at the corporation. That's how I landed my first corporate job. I didn't have to fill out a resume. I didn't have to do nothing. Like, that professor was like, you need to check this girl out. Like, Mm -hmm. for real, for real. She got the sauce or whatever. And that's how I got it. And that's how I learned to get in and navigate that. Now, this is where we come up to get to a milli. So, one of the corporations that I work for is one of the biggest data collection agencies in the world. Mm. All they do is collect information. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At the time when I was there, the campaigns I worked on were Gucci, Luxottica, 
and Blockbuster at the time. This is when Blockbuster was still oh, around. Wow. Before, ne- before Netflix. <laughs> now, all of the younger people, we told them they should have bought Netflix. We understood it. All the old heads was like, nah, that's stupid. Clearly, we were right, you know, and they were wrong. So anyway, they would like, let's say it was a campaign being put together for Luxottica. And for the other don't know, Luxottica is one of the biggest eyewear brands in the world. And a lot of your eyeglass companies, if you go look, keep digging, Luxottica probably owns them, right? So they may, like, this is how I learned about cost-focused people versus value-focused people. So, like, if you're a cost-focused person, they're going to say, okay, you need to find me all the people that are cost-focused. So we would go pull information for people that, like, they like to shop at discount grocery stores. Mm. They buy secondary or third-level brand tissue papers instead of premium. They, you know, just anything where people, you know, people that like, give me that dinner can, mm-hmm. it's five cent less. That's basically who we're targeting. And if I sent you out, hey, here's two pair of glasses for $99. You remember, was it Lens Crafters that used to do that? Mm-hmm. Pearl Vision or one yeah, of them it was or something Lens like crafters. that? Yeah, like that. Well, I was the person that was helping to find the information to get that ad to you. Mm. So, yeah, how did they collect this yeah, information? How did get yeah. all this down? Oh, oh, okay. So, like, when you go to Kroger and you like, oh, I want to do my Kroger card so I can get my points. Wow. They're tracking everything. Ooh, the original yeah. pixel. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's how they can determine how to lay out a grocery store. And that's why they have the diapers by the beer because they know on Friday night the dad is going to pick up the diapers and he may need beer. So they put the beer on the end cap next to the diapers. Damn. Because they're tracking everything that you buy and how often you buy it, right? Your phone. Our phones listen to us all the time. All the time. All the time. Like it's not for fake. Like your phone, your TV, your laptop, it's all listening you, to you all if, the time. To the I point. Was literally just talking about, I get ads for. I would talk about buying another rental car. I get ads for cars now just because I'm in the vicinity of it. Right. Yeah, like it's just like that's like. Well, it what's crazy, and I don't quite understand the technology fully, but basically it can triangulate your location for where you are and then send you stuff that's around you. So, so they basically pin in your GPS and like, you know, whenever you can set up your ads on the back end, you can select which zip code you want to target and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's how they do yeah, it with that one. Right. Now, on top of that, it gets even worse. This is part of what Facebook is getting sued for, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also why Apple came down and was like, nah, you got to comply this way or we're not giving you no more information at all, right? Because, you know, the girls is fighting in these streets. They out here doing their thing. So, <laughs> so anyway, people knew that Facebook was tracking you when you were on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. They had their pixels and their information and the camera and your messaging running even when you wasn't on Facebook. So it's picking up information that way, too. Wow. Yeah, this is why all these lawsuits and stuff have been, you know, coming and why people get so these upset. motherfuckers. So all the time. So this is all the time. So, like, it's, I mean, it's real. So then they work with other data collection companies because it was, like, three huge ones. So you got Facebook collecting all the information, these big data collecting companies, um, your cell phone providers, they're getting information from them, all to put it together so you can go out and target and market somebody. Hmm. Now, this is where you say God is good. Well, you got to plan for your life. Let's, come, so, let's talk so, about so it. So the dude that I dated in college, that I was mm-hmm. actually engaged to, he worked for a particular corporation, and they worked on the grid that disseminated the information mm-hmm. that later integrated with Facebook. So this is why I'm so cold at targeting, because I was around it since the inception, forward, backwards, sideways, around the way. That's what, like... That's why I'm so good at As targeting. the information that's, came out, that's, was, you was learning it. I was learning it, and I understood it, and I knew how to work it, and I got the power in it, and I got to see these multi-billion dollar companies 
how whenever they ran ads or campaigns or they put out stuff, they didn't just put out money blindly. They put it, especially luxury brands, they are putting it towards a specific person. If Gucci wanted to run a certain campaign towards somebody, they may have went and looked for women that lived in California that had small lap dogs to carry them in, in a certain type of bag. Boom. That's who getting the ads for our stuff. Now they getting all the pressure Gucci dog knowing, bags. Knowing mm-hmm. they customer. Man, that's wild. Yeah, you just bust my head with all so, this information. I was able to take this information from that. Mm-hmm. And when I wanted to start getting bridal clients or baby showers and corporate events and stuff, everybody else was out here just running blind ads. I'd be like, no, I'm looking for girls that read this magazine, this magazine, this magazine, and that shop here and there. And they're like these types of designers. Mm. And I'm looking for people because back in the day with Facebook, you could target ages, birthdays, engagement. So I would go and say, I'm looking for girls who got engaged within the past six months. Mm, yeah. And on top of that, I'm now going to narrow this with people that like a specific type of jeweler. Right. Because I'm dealing that now I'm moving into high end events. I don't want I want chilling circuit events no more. I want, you know, high end. I want luxury because remember, I had that problem where I wasn't making money. I was mm-hmm. actually paying to be in business. So, boom. Now, all of a sudden, I'm getting good clients. Right. Now, the sales thing kicked in that my professor told me about. So when I get you into my office, because I already did a good job pre-qualifying you. So I already knew if we were coming for a consult, whether you knew it or not, you was already my client. Hmm. Now, this, is just, <laughs> this is just formality for me. Our close rate had gone from a 20% to a 90% close rate. Can we talk about that just a little bit? Like pre-qualifying your clients? Like how does somebody qualify their clients to make sure they fit into their target audience? First thing you need to figure out, just what information are they going to give you as far as personal information? People that's playing games, they don't want to give you their phone number. They don't want to give you their real name. They don't want to give you their address. They don't want to give you their email. They full of crap. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They just kind of kick the tires. So if you can't even get somebody to give you basic information, don't waste your time with it. You know, be polite and courteous, but move around. Next thing is they're going to have some type of timeline. You know, I'm looking to do this at this date. I'm looking to do this six months from now. I want to get started on this, you know, in a couple of weeks. People that are serious have some type of time frame that they're trying to complete these projects in. Next thing after that, there's going to be a budget. Even if they try to lie to you and say, I ain't got no budget, everybody got a budget. Now, there's a couple ways you can get the budget out of people. I used to, like, just joke with people, but I was, like, kind of serious on the low. And I'm like, oh, you ain't got no budget? Well, I love spending money, so let's make your budget $200,000. $200,000? Oh, yeah, I do $200,000 events you want to see here. Right? No, no, no. That's too much. I'm thinking more like 30, 40. Oh, okay. You do have a budget. Great. Okay. 30, 40,000. Thank you. <laughs> right? Pressure. <laughs> so you get creative with how you want to get that budget mm-hmm. out of them. Because in all honesty, sometimes people don't have a budget for you because it's a new experience for them. So like they don't know what the budget should be, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. They don't know so what sometimes, type sometimes of Sometimes they don't know, right? And you got to kind of help them along. And so then you can start kind of saying, well, these are usual costs and, you know, just the process and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, these are the three categories that we can fall in or something like that. Um, but anyway, you find a way you get a budget. People that's really serious and you profit, they're going to have some type of budget. From the budget, you automatically know at this point now what level of service you can offer them. Mm-hmm. So if you come in to me, like, let's say for business, and you say, well, I got $100. Well, clearly we can't work together one-to-one, right? But I have all of these digital products, you know, okay, well, now my next thing, well, what's your problem? And a lot of people don't ask that. What's your problem or your desire? Like, what's the purpose? Like, what are we trying to accomplish? Once you get those four things from a client, you know, and of course, you got to make sure they're the decision maker. Because sometimes people are out collecting information for somebody else. I don't need to talk to you. I need to talk to the person that can cut me a check. Mm. So once we have, you know, said, okay, we've established these things. 
Now that's the type of person that maybe you can get on a phone call with or see at a different location or, you know, go to a consultation or mm -hmm. whatever. So that's how we pre-qualify to make sure we got the right, the right person. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's yeah. very clear with it. I'm Once again, Mrs. Yeah. Plensity, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Breaking it down. So you learn that part of it and you, but we're still in the story. Are you making the million with the, with the event? Yeah. So you targeted your people. What was the next step after I, that? I got you on the phone, right? Or right, and that's like, all right, come in for a consultation, and I make sure that the decision maker is there. Okay, so if it's you and your soon to be husband, and y'all were paying for a wedding together, I don't need just you. I need you and your husband. Oh, he don't get off until eight. Okay, we can meet at eight thirty. You don't. You ain't gonna my office. I come to your house. What's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not gonna have this conversation with you, and you're not the person that's cutting the check. Your mama paying for it, and his mom paying for. Oh, well, you him, and both of y'all mamas need to be here. Right, because that potential client is not going to translate the information the, the proper way back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if somebody has questions, they're not going to be able to ask the questions. So I make sure we get everybody in there for the consultation. And, you know, then, you know, I turn on my charm. You know, so I do what I got to do. Hey, okay, what's happening? Right. And then I have a whole very specific questionnaire that I teach to event people. And so one, what that did, the clients are blown away because they're like, nobody's ever taken the time to get this type of information from me and learn about what it really is mm -hmm. that I need. Even right now with my marketing, I get clients all the time. My proposal literally could be two to three times higher than somebody else's, but they will work with me because I took the time to get to know them and what they really want to accomplish and what's important to them mm. to get on the same page. And that's very important, you know, letting your client know that what's important to you is important to me. So we get in there and then we start going through regular calls because everybody always will underestimate, right? Mm -hmm. And then I got smart and I started putting pictures with the price points. So now you clearly can see the difference between a $15,000 wedding, $30,000 wedding, $100,000 wedding. Like, and I would have three to five examples. And so even if, and then I would have them, I say, well, send me three to five photos of what you like. Mm -hmm. Just send me what you like. And they would, everybody always send me crazy stuff. I'm like, this is $400,000. No, it's simple. No, it's not. I'm like, you see this? And I said, you see the flower right there? That flower is $180. It's about 2,000 of them in here. Sheesh. Now, what we can do is create this type of effect for you, but how about we use these hydrangeas instead? Mm -hmm. How about we use these roses? You know, start giving them an alternative. So it's like, I can still kind of create this dream for you. We got to know how to shake and bake on that thing. Mm -hmm. But once you get in there, you start breaking down the prices like that. You know, you need this much, this, this much, this, this much, this, this much, that. So we'll get into that. And then I would educate them on what things really cost and what the process was. Instead of selling, you always try and inform and educate. You ain't got to, if you do that, you ain't got to worry about selling because then people understand. So a combination of educating and then showing you, if you want this, this is what it costs. So even if they came in and they wanted a $100,000 event and maybe I had also showed them like a $45,000 event and a twin, and they came in and they said, I got $20,000, but what you want is a hundred thousand dollars. 80% of them customers went and got that 45,000. They came up with the money for it because they were able to see it. And I had mm -hmm. educated them on the process and they understood why it cost that price point now. Mm. Sheesh. But, and that's smart. Because like you said, you're always educating versus selling. Mm -hmm. Now it comes as, oh, this person is coming to me from a place of really trying to help me out and help me understand this. So why wouldn't I work with this person if they're giving me this much value for free? Mm hmm.
Have you been thinking about starting a podcast, but you don't know exactly where to get started? Maybe you don't know exactly what equipment you should buy or who you should go through with the hosting platforms. Well, good news. I created a course just for you. It'll be showing you how to make the fewest mistakes possible on your podcasting journey. It's called the Podcaster's Playbook, and it's a total masterclass taught by me, showing you all the techniques and tricks that we use behind the scenes of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Swipe up now, click the link in the show notes so you can purchase the Podcaster's Playbook. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Black Wealth Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. What's good, family? Jalen here. I have some great news to share with you. We have recently launched BWR Academy, the number one online school and community focused on teaching personal finance and wealth building principles. By becoming a member, you will gain access to premium financial education covering the topics of credit and financing, debt repayment strategies, retirement planning. That's right, we're going over 401ks, IRAs, and everything in between. Life insurance, we'll be having weekly budgeting and accountability calls, and so much more. You will also gain access to a powerful network. For years, we have been preaching, your network is your net worth. So here's your chance to increase your social capital. We will be having many of our previous podcast guests coming back to teach exclusive classes that can only be found through BWR Academy. We have also partnered with Capital, a premier financial app that will allow you to participate in our quarterly savings challenge. We have a goal of helping a thousand families save $1 million collectively. We'll make sure that you are not a part of the 74% that cannot afford a $1,000 emergency. So if this sounds like the type of environment you would like to be a part of, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the show notes. Make sure you sign up now because spots are extremely limited. See you in the academy. That's how I did it. Mm. So Jim. whenever you made this first million, how many years was it? You said, you know, you quit your uh, corporate job three years after being into business. How long did it take for you to really start understanding your numbers and your audience and everything like that? As far as understanding the numbers and the audience, I would say two and a half, three years to get to my first milli, four and a half, five years, somewhere around there. Um, within three years of being in business, the business was making enough money that I like actually could take care of myself. You know, mm-hmm. I can go out to eat, I can pay my light bill, pay my rent, all that kind of stuff. By the time I got to five year, I had learned more about like my cash flow process. Mm-hmm. I had learned like literally, I could tell you how many days it takes from the time a potential client on an event, how long from the time they query us to how long it's going to be before we get the intention of service retainer. 
to how long it is we get the deposit. Mm. I know my numbers like very, very well. So, so yeah. So understanding the process because that helps you scale. And then also learning how to find your target audience. Mm. I would say, and even though I feel like I'm a beast at targeting, I'm still always working on targeting, right? Mm. Number one rule of marketing is be where the people are. So if you're going to pay to be in a magazine, well, you need to make sure you're in a magazine where people can afford your services. And you need to make sure you're in a place in a magazine where you're going to be seen and you need to try and negotiate something. So you're not just running an ad. Maybe it's an interview. Maybe it's an article. Maybe you get to do a feature. Maybe you get to go, you know, do something with them on their live or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, don't be shy by asking because they're not shy by asking you to spend thousands of dollars with them. Facts. You know, <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm saying? So probably like about five, four and a half, five year mark. That's when I was like real and start start kicking down no commas. Now, and that's really, really smart. And I'm glad that you brought that up because. That means that you are intentional in tune with your business, which I think a lot of times, especially us small business owners, we'll try to we'll try to scale up too fast, but we don't actually know what what's really mm-hmm. going on in our business. Mm-hmm. Like what part do I actually need to replicate or what do I need to do more of in order to get this out of or what do I need to start doing less of because I'm really just spinning my wheels in this area. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people not only try and scale up too fast, they want to appear larger than what they are. Mm. And they don't realize that you really have a superpower in being a small business because large companies can't connect with their audiences on an individual level the way, mm-hmm. a, you know, a small business can, right? And when you try and make yourself like super, you know, I guess like gigantic or, you know, appear to be like super branded. Oh God. I just get so tired of people taking these stupid pictures and these photo shoots. Going, and it's so dumb. Like it's so dumb. Take pictures of your products. You know what I'm saying? Hire a videographer to chrono the process. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Get your editor so they can do like a time lapse. Like that's what's gonna make you money, not you sitting around taking a picture like that. It's stupid. Like stop it. Like stop this. I don't know who's telling you guys it's like stop doing that. It looks Take, staged. Right. And then, like, for instance, I have a guy and he means well. And he's like, oh, you know, we want to help you get to the next level. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I make more money online and with my social media than you. So anyway, we're going to help you get to the next level. Once you come down here, we're going to, you know, film, bring out all this content for all these hours and blah, 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 blah. Like super high produced stuff Mm -hmm. because he thinks that looks dope. It does look dope. But then that disconnects me from my audience. My mm. audience rocks with me because I'm using things that they have at their disposal. So I'm showing you how to make money where you are. If I'm in a studio and everything is super high produced, you're automatically going to check out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't do that. I don't have the money for that. I don't have that equipment. I don't know where to find those people. I can't get that studio time. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you're going to check out. But if I say, hey, this is how I'm using my iPad. This is how I'm using my phone. This is how I use my laptop. You know what I'm saying? This is how I put my systems together so mm-hmm. I can be a mobile millionaire. Well, you're like, shit, I got a phone. I, I got, got internet. I got, I got internet. I got $29 for a Shopify store. You know what I'm saying? Let me get in here and make this happen, right? And I say all of that to say there's power in being a smaller business owner. There's mm-hmm. power in being able to connect to your audience. There's power in being relatable. And I'm not, I'm not knocking, you know, anybody that's a huge brand and super polished. That's you. You know what I'm saying? And do your thing. And I'm proud of you. Hey, kill it, right? But there's a lot of other people. When I first started, I didn't have that type of disposable income Mm -hmm. to go and get that stuff. 
So I had to figure out how do I make this work with what I have? And there's a lot more people that are in that category than there are of I came in here with investors and I have a line of credit and I have a business loan and I had a wealthy family and they gave me a loan of a million dollars, a small loan of a million dollars and all this. That basket is much, much smaller than the basket of people that are like us. They're like, I got an idea and I got to figure out how to make this work. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah. No, that's a fact. Like a lot of people think that, oh, just because they're a millionaire, they came from a silver spoon family. But a lot of times it's not. It's people who are really driven, really motivated, and they wanted to change their circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. And I think being passionate about what you do, like if you feel like you're in your purpose, if you feel like you're in your zone, it motivates you to get up every day. Even when you're tired, you still enjoy it. Mm. That's a fact. Because I ain't going to lie, some days I'm like, yo, I don't want to. But once you get here and once you just get working into it, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's good. Yeah. I'm here now. Thanks. Love it. Actually, I did want to go into the piece you mentioned, like, when you figured out the workflow for your business. Yeah. So we were talking kind of like scaling up with businesses and all that. How did you become more data-driven in your business? Like, I mean, obviously you had your corporate knowledge, but... Like, how did you implement that within your own business? I think on the cool, I kind of have a natural competitive advantage. You know, mm-hmm. some people just come to the planet and you just have certain characteristics about you. LeBron. I just I always been about the numbers. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, let me see. Like, how can I replicate this? How can I duplicate it? I'm not, I've never been a girl that's been impressed by lightning striking because I'm like, well, that could happen to anybody. The circumstance. I'm more impressed by like, can I reproduce this result mm-hmm. over and over and over again? And so literally anytime I had a favorable outcome in my business, I would sit down as soon as I got time, get a notebook, old score like pen and pad. And I literally would write down, what did I do to get this positive result? Then can I do more of it? If I can't do more of it, how do I figure out a way to do more of it so I can keep getting the favorable outcome? Literally, that is that simple. And anytime something happens and you don't like the result, mm-hmm. you need to sit down and write it down. What did I do to get this trash? That way, that way you don't <laughs> repeat history. So I don't repeat it, right? Because a lot of people are repeating the same cycles all the time and don't even realize it. And they're like, why do I keep getting these trash results? I'm trying so hard. But you keep doing this, this, and that. Stop doing that. And it may shift your result, right? And they're so unaware that they're in this cycle. So like having the ability to spend a little time, maybe once a week or at least twice a month of sitting down and say, what were my wins? What did I do to get these wins? Mm-hmm. Where were my fails? What did I do to cause this result? Okay. How do I do more of this and less of that? Mm. It's real simple. Like people are trying to make stuff like super complex. Nah, whatever work, just do more of it. Gotcha. <laughs> when you find something to work better, replace it and do more of that. <laughs> But it's real, though, and simplicity really helps drive the home apart for people because, like, everybody will think, like, oh, man, I got to know all these different things. I need a CRM. I need all this. But what did you do? What did you get? Let's see. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And I see people with all this crazy stuff, and I'm like, what are you doing with all of that? It's so unnecessary. <laughs> like, I see people that are like, oh, I want to start a YouTube, or I want to live stream on Instagram, but, you know, I'm waiting. I got to get my studio together. I've been saving my money. And I'm like. If yeah, you I'm like you get got, this ring light. Right, <laughs> I'm like, don't you got a phone? They got people making millions of dollars off YouTube like this. <laughs> that part, cause that converts better because that's relatable. Mm-hmm. Like when I start, I didn't even have a stand. Like I literally uh, stack up my iPhone or my phone on boxes, shoe boxes. 
Let's get it. Like right now, I'm not over here. Like I don't have a stand. I can't. I want to get in the Instagram live. It's on the water bottle. Who cares? Like make it work. Like you have everything in you that you need to get to the next level. It's just all a matter of how resourceful are you going to be with your resources. Mm. And people mm. will talk themselves out of stuff because they're like, I don't have this. I don't have that. You don't need it. Whatever you need, you have it right now. Go do something with it. And I think that's because a lot of people don't want to be embarrassed or seem like they ain't got it. But like you said, it makes you more relatable right. because nine times out of 10, there's more people in your same situation than it's not than the upper echelons. There's a right. reason why it's called the 1% exactly. because there's only so many people who can be there. Like there's 99% who can relate to you at this same level. Right. Mm. Exactly. So just realize you're enough, like you're enough wherever you at and then operate in excellence. Whatever you got, you do the best mm. you can but what you have, don't just go throw some trash out there, but whatever you got, we're going to give it the best we got. We want to create the best customer experience. We want to create the best video, the best graphic, the best TikTok, the whatever you got, the mm. best sandwich. If you got a food truck, like whatever you got, you do the best edit. You ain't got no food truck. God dang it. Cook them plates in the kitchen and drive around, <laughs> drive around, drive around the neighborhood and deliver them. <laughs> like you figure it out, but you go get, get you some and, thermal and be, bags. Right. Right. Okay. And be courteous. <laughs> hey, and put a little notes put a little hearts on them. Little mm -hmm. smiley faces. Go to extra mile. Hey, right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Gets you a long way. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Gets you so far in life. And people forget that because it's so few people to say, thank you. I get all kinds of stuff from people just because they're like, oh, you're so nice. You said, thank you. <laughs> Oh, okay. And thank like you. a lot of thank people, you, thank you, thank you. especially like in service based businesses, a lot of people, they don't run into like a lot of assholes and you just simply saying, thank you. Like, I appreciate you what you did. Like you said, you get a lot of free shit. You just be like, Hey, look, I threw a little bit of extra in the bag for you. Cause you're so nice. Right. And it's just like, I mean, I was just trying right. to be I'm a nice person. Myself, right. But Hey, we were talking about this. We had went to, it's okay. It's this place in the hood. Right. And they got five chicken. And bonefish. And I can't give it up. I ain't never going to give it up, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we went over there, but they have poor customer service. Is, is the, well, I have one question. Is the building dilapidated? It's it, not dilapidated. They actually put money. They actually oh, put okay. Money I was about to say, because you know the ones with the rough buildings, they be having the best food. <laughs> now, when they first started, it was rough. But they came up and they, okay. you know, reinvested in their business. Yeah. But this is not something that's uncommon with black people, restaurants and services, right? And it's a thing where we're not maybe as aware. And I feel like it's because of a bunch of reasons. I don't want to just get down the rabbit hole and just mention a few. So first of all, if you're a woman and you look a particular way and you're in a certain neighborhood, you may not be able to have the luxury of being nice because being nice will get you raped. Mm. Being nice will get you beat up. Mm. I had a guy trying to set my hair on fire. You know what I'm saying? When I was little, I'm tired of her wearing that ponytail. She wore the same ponytail all the time. I had long hair. He tried to set my hair on fire. Um, wow. I can't tell how many girls I had to fight because of the way I carried myself and I was very quiet and they just thought I was soft. I had these hands though and I ain't sold at Walmart. I ain't going to say nothing. You know what I'm saying? It may happen. But they would try me. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you learn how to communicate certain type of ways because it's a survival thing. Mm -hmm. It's a necessity, right? It's not just you being uncouth or you being hood is, hey, you can't look at some men and smile and make eye contact because they think that you're trying to give them something else, right? So that's part of why you got this, ah, they always give poor customer service. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes depending on the environment you're in, 
you can't be out here. Hi, how are you guys? What a wonderful day. Mm-hmm. What can I help you with? I'm so happy you're here. They're like, oh, she's real happy to see me. Because other girls ain't acting like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You might Now you might have somebody waiting out, outside your car when you get off, right? So you got that kind of interesting thing that's happening, right? Then you have the thing of a lot of us are first-generation business owners. In our community, we don't have access to capital. We don't have access to mentorships. We don't have people who have been in our families who are, you know, this business has been in my family for 100 years, 200 years. We ain't got that. No. We don't have that, right? So there's not somebody to kind of mentor you and say, this is what you do and how it works. Then you have this mindset thing that the business owner has to overcome. I'm just a poor black business. This is all I can do. And, you know, no, or they ought to be happy I'm here. No, you ought to be happy you got a customer, right? Mm. So it's a combination of things. It's not like a one thing for this poor mm-hmm. customer service, right? But we got, I call in the order, right? What you need? That's it. It'll be ready in 10 minutes. Click. Okay. Other people are like, oh my God. I'm like, oh, that's just how they are. <laughs> chicken is fine, though. You get this chicken. <laughs> get this chicken. This chicken, chicken with a little attitude. This, this, this chicken gonna change your life. <laughs> this, get this chicken. It's okay. You'll forgive them once you get the chicken. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, need, man. They're just, they just trying to get the, through the day. That's right. it. I need six wings with honey mustard sauce. That's all I need. It's cool. So, anyway, so you get there, right? You go pick up. No. Hello, how are you? Nice to see you. Thank you, you know, for ordering with us or whatever. But that's like what's expected, right? And then on the other side, when you get us, we're so harsh and critical on our businesses, right? Instead of maybe talking to the owner or talking to the young lady or whoever it is and say, hey. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. I don't know if you realize this, but you actually could probably pick up your sales if you did this, 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 and this. You know, I'm not trying to tell you what doing your business, but I'm a customer of yours and I spend a lot of money with you and I like coming here, but I don't like the way that, you know, they make me feel sometimes, right? Just being like, just making people aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes that will, you know, it'll shift the atmosphere. And sometimes they're going to be like, F you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, now, if you, that, that's the right, ignorant ones that ain't trying to grow, though. Right, right. Now, if you won't keep spending your money after somebody told you F you, then that's on you, bro. Uh, <laughs> I can't, you know what I'm saying? But so you got this whole little interesting thing, right, with the customer service that we like. you trying to get out to mind something just a small, poor black business. But literally, if you small, poor black business, which you're not a small, poor black business, you're up and coming, growing business. OK, that's what we are. Mm. But if you just used what you had. So, for instance, our restaurants have food costs at the end of the night, right? Yes. You can calculate your food costs and see how much food costs you got. You're like, you know what? We can give our customers an extra two chicken wings. I can give my customers an extra cookie. You own a hair salon and you know you got people here waiting for hours to get them right back. Offer them a little wine. Offer them a little water. Bring a little snack basket with some bananas and some cuties. I'm sorry for your way. Can I offer you a snack? You still mm-hmm. say, that, that, that go a long that, way. Bananas don't cost that much. Cuties don't cost that much. That goes a long way. And people will rock with you because they like the way you make them feel. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you have all these customers that are coming back and you got people that are spending more money with you because they're like, oh, man, they're really trying, right? Just because you found creative ways to say thank you for patronizing my business. Sometimes, you know, out the blue, I hit my customers. I'll be like, oh, such and such and such happened. I won't do this for free. Go click over here. Like, I'm giving away free marketing plans to people in my audience right now. 
They ain't did nothing. Just, hey, I know you need help with it. Go get it. Get this parking plan. Go get your money. Merry Christmas. You bought a product for me. I appreciate you. Here's $200 worth of stuff for free. Like, thank you gets you a long mm-hmm. way. And so a lot of my people in the kingdom, they going to kick it with me forever because they like, they know at the end of the day, I appreciate them. They know mm-hmm. what they appreciate. At the end of the day, you know, I understand that they don't have to rock with me. They can go work with some other business builder or social media strategist, right? And it's the same thing. So thank you. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, Kelly here. And I want to say thank you for listening to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, because without you all, we would not be here. And I have a very exclusive announcement to make. We are releasing a brand new show. That's right. We're coming out with a brand new podcast called What's On Your Timeline. We're taking that little segment out of our podcast. We're making it a brand new show exclusively on Patreon. So click the link below. Join our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You'll get an episode every week of a raw, unfiltered, unedited versions of us. You get to hear from me, Jalen, David, and even Jerry. You get to hear what we think about on our timeline. You get to hear what we're into, what are we listening to, what are we learning, and we'll get to even teach some things possibly. And I promise you, you won't regret it. We're going to talk about stocks. We're going to talk about crypto. We're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about the Federal Reserve. Hell, even in this last episode, we talked about Kwame Brown. You know, you're going to get the raw, unedited versions of us, and it is exclusively on Patreon, so click the link below. Check it out. Tell us what you think. If you want to join, like I said, again, click the link below. It's only $5. Literally a dollar, almost a dollar a week, you can get a brand new episode of What's On Your Timeline. So, and we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Peace out. Goes. A super long way. Mm. Find a creative way to say thank you to your people. Mm, that's major. That's a major lesson in the customer experience part of it. And I'm glad you mentioned the social media coaching and the business brand coaching because we didn't really get into that part mm-hmm. of your journey yet. So <laughs> can we get into that? Like, when did you start realizing, like, that was a way, like, you got really good at social media? It was like the five business. people you said that you were helping out at first, it, right? It, it was still some years after that. Mm-hmm. What made it happen is there's this chick. She had a business manager. She's paying this business manager $5,000 a month, but she kept coming and asking me stuff all the time. It kind of started like every blue moon, you know, we see each other at a chamber meeting or something. She may ask me a question. Then she started like calling me like once a week. Then all of a sudden she was like calling or texting every day. And finally I was like, why do you keep calling me? You have a business coach. Go ask your business coach. You're paying this person $5,000 a month. And she said, well, everything you tell me to do works. That's when the light bulb was like, oh, you could be a consultant. This woman is paying. So you basically, she giving somebody else your money. I'm doing mm-hmm. all the work and somebody else is getting the money. So that was what opened my eyes to that. And then from there, I still hadn't quite realized that everybody doesn't understand social media yet. I just thought everybody could do it. Mm-hmm. And no, not true. So once I realized that everybody couldn't do it, I decided, even though I helped build brands online and offline, that's when I niched down was like, okay, I'm specifically going to help people with online and social media. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's how I got there. And that's been like 11 years ago. Man. And I've been running it up ever since. <laughs> and that's how I got to my second multi-million dollar company, like, boop, just like that. Damn. So which one is more rewarding, or which one do you rock with the most, like the consultations or the event planning? They're both rewarding for different ways. I mean, same reason, but in different aspects. 
So I get to be more strategic, of course, on the social media and on the consulting side. With the events is where I get to get my creative stuff out. Like, you know, people that are real creative, we got to get this stuff out of us so mm-hmm. we like go crazy. So I like being able to build, right? But they're the same because at the end of the day, whether I'm helping you with your dream event or if I'm helping you with your dream business, I'm helping you manifest something. I'm taking whatever's in your brain, whatever's in your heart, whatever you want to create, and we're turning it into a reality. So whether it's an event room and 500 people are standing in it, you know, when there were 2,000 candles and 30,000 flowers, or if it's your business and we were able to take your concept and idea and blow it up and now you got 10,000 followers and, you know, $20,000 a month, mm-hmm. I helped you bring whatever was in here into the physical plane. So they're the same in that concept. Like I get to take people's ideas and make them reality. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about both of them. Just on the event side, it's more frou-frou, frilly, fun. Yeah. <laughs> on the business side, it's more, you know, creative structure strategy. Mm-hmm. I do have a question related to for the service-based business owners. So as a business coach or strategist, as a service-based business owner, like what are some tips you would give somebody for growing their service-based business? Like, Be consistent. Go and do a SWOT analysis. And don't be obsessed with your competition, but you have to know what else is being offered out there, mm. right? Do your services really stack with what else is in the marketplace so you can see if you're priced appropriately because some people are underpriced and some people are severely overpriced because what you provide just it ain't matching is not matching with the money, right? So you have to realistically see if, where you fit into there. If you want to increase your prices, immediately figure out how do I stand out compared to somebody else? Is it your receipts? Is it your awards? Is it your results? Do you offer an extra level of service? So like with my event company, one of the things I did before anybody else in my area was doing, I allowed my clients to do payment plans for their weddings. Nobody else was doing it. I was doing it. I don't care if you had a $500,000 budget or a $5,000 budget. You only had to pay me $500 down for a retainer. I found a bank <laughs> that would finance people's stuff. And if you couldn't get it financed, I created my own payment plans. Right? So they had a 60-day payment plan, and then there's a tri-payment plan where you can pay a third down, then a third of the way, you do another third, and then two weeks before you do your final third. And then the finance option was like a regular, you know, monthly payment or whatever. So I figured out how to differentiate, and then my service level was just extreme. So, like, let's say it's a cake tasting for a client. Most people just take their people to one baker. People show up to my office. I have three to five cake samples from five different bakers. We had a cake rating sheet. I had milk, Coke, wine, juice, soda, sparkling mm-hmm. water on the table, and flat water. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, we turned into a whole experience, right? Bring your parents and bring your best man and your maid of honor. We finna eat some cake, right? And I'm making little notes while they're eating the cake on flavors and this and this. Okay, I'll do a cake design for you. Complimentary. You don't have to worry about it. Here you go, three different cake sketches. Which one you like? Oh, my God, we love this one. You're amazing. You're amazing. Thanks. Got your flavors, got your notes. Boom, turn it in, right? Also, so you have to figure out a way to stand out. When it was time for the, oh, my favorite is when we get to do the signature drink. We be kicking it. We had a bartender come through there. We have everything <laughs> lined up. We had the music going. You know what I'm saying? Clients be like, this is crazy. So then my clients are comparing their experiences to their other friends that are maybe getting married or planning a, like maybe a 30th birthday party mm-hmm. or something. 
They're like, my party plan ain't doing nothing. They're like, man, they're like, Ashley lit. <laughs> she do everything for Y'all us. Y'all need to go fuck but with they, her. Right. And, then, and so people would pay the mm. money. So when other people come to me, they'd be like, oh, well, such and such over town, she charges half of what you charge the plan. Such and such over town, their events don't look like mine. They don't provide the level of service I do. And you are actually going to have to be like working your own stuff. My mm. clients don't do that. Mm. Guess what? Don't nobody question me about my prices. They come and pay them because I established myself as the best because I was willing to do things other people weren't willing to do. Mm. When it's mock-up time and we had a food tasting, we go to the chef's house. I set the table, place settings, napkins, whatever linens they got. I bring up lights in there, the whole, that you getting a whole experience. They sitting down, jazz music playing. They watching the portfolio of the chefs. Everybody that kick the cackle. Would you guys like some Prosecco? Would you like, you know what I'm saying? Like, would you like some sparkling cider? Whatever. All right, it's time for dinner. You guys come in. They come in, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, this is what your wedding's going to look like. Like, next level mm-hmm. service, whatever it is that you can do. Like, any service provider, whatever it is, you figure out how you can take it to the next level to make yourself stand out from other people. Mm-hmm. And you focus on being results-driven. Like, I got to smash everybody out here. That's the best way with service. And always under-promise, over-deliver. Under-promise, over-deliver. And when you over-deliver, like, I'm not talking about a little bit. Go to the max. Go to the max. And you're never going to have a problem getting customers. Mm. And you probably won't have a problem with charging your prices. You won't, no problem. I I charge whatever I want to charge. They'll be throwing the money at you. And they paying it. Especially the word of mouth referrals. I bet it hit different. They just come up like, I already know I want you. Like, I ain't got to talk. It really got to the point. Girls would come and they'd be like, I've been following your page for years. And people come and tell me, when I get married or when I have a 30th birthday party, when I have 50, I'm coming to you. It was like years out. People would call the office and girls would change their wedding date so I could plan their weddings. Cool. They would call me. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm booked on that day. You know, best of luck. But when are you open? <laughs> this day? Okay. I'm going to talk to my fiance. I'm changing the date. Girls would literally, that's when I realized, like, I was like, oh, okay, we girl, you, that's we up. Top, top we, level we up. service. People, yeah. people changing their stuff just to work with me. I was like, okay. I was like, we up. And it's gotten the same. It's gotten the same way over mm-hmm. on the social media strategy side because I'm so good. I have so many clients that get these crazy results. You know what I'm saying? And then people they like, damn, like how is she pumping these people out, you know? And then they come and they like, God dang it, I'm one of them. They like this way, <laughs> and then they go and tell to say they like, nah, you need to work with her. Yeah. And she gonna tell you some stuff just kind of out the box and off the wall, but just do it because it works. She know what she just, doing. Just, she know what she doing. She gonna tell you some stuff ain't nobody never told you before. But just do it because she knows what she's doing. And so, like, just going hard. And for my clients, I get so excited when they win and when they get receipts. First of all, because I'm a little petty. I like to flex, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> on the other strategies. So, like, because, you know. You're like, oh, I got. Everybody want to be a guru. Everybody ain't got million dollar, no, no, million dollar clients. No, I'm just saying. That. Every year they million keep dollars on coming. A month, man, every, fuck year, that. every year they still coming. So, and you know what I'm saying? Like that's that. <laughs> no, that's number one. You know, we out here winning. When was the last time you posted a receipt? Girl, that receipt is five years old. Get a new one. You know Sheesh. what I'm saying? So, the, the, little petty. You know, I like to flex. My clients don't like to flex. They know I like to talk my ish. I'm like at the end of my a. What your numbers looking like? What's up? <laughs> so. That's number one. And then number two, though, watching someone get to experience something they've been, a lot of my clients have been working on whatever it is for years. Mm -hmm. So watching someone get to experience success after they've been putting in so many years, especially after they got to the point that they almost gave up and then they get to out here. Rejuvenation. Yeah, that's very fulfilling for me. 
that's really like my motivation. I love it. I love it. What, no matter how insane the goal seems like, hey, I don't know how we're going to do it. Like, let me pray about it. We're going to figure it out. Right. And we're going to get there. And that right there is like, I can't explain to you the feeling that you get of being able to be a part of that many people's journeys mm-hmm. and in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. That's beautiful. Like you really, you not just teaching well, you helping them build it from the ground up and helping people like turn dreams into reality. That, that's beautiful. That it is means. beautiful. Yeah, like, And I kind of want to ask you like anyone who would like to work with you on the social media side, like, what does it take? Do they already have to have their business plan already set up or like do they, they at least got to come with some type of framework. Right. And yeah, I typically like for people, even if you're in the beginning, you don't have to have everything all together. Like I help you get it together, but you do need to have either, even if you don't know the product, mm-hmm. you definitely need to at least, even if you don't have a product, you need to have an idea of what audience you want to serve. Mm-hmm. One or the other. If you know what audience you want to serve, then have some type of offer for them. And the offer doesn't always have to be like a service or a physical product or a digital product. It literally can be a podcast. You literally can be a commentator. I have so many clients that don't have any products and they make a lot of money. Oh, really? If, yes. If you, if you got an opinion. Affiliate marketing? Affiliate marketing, putting together different backend deals. If you have an opinion and you're willing to stand 10 toes down on it and go hard, make money commentary, creating their own community spaces and then developing merch to sell to them. It's all kinds of avenues as far as ways to make money without even having a product, you know, blowing up your podcast and stuff like that. Then you can sell advertiser spaces. So, yeah, like it's a lot of way you can get out here and get paid with no money. So but you got to have some idea of what you want to do. Also, you got to have some type of either time equity and sweat equity, or you got to have the fiat, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The fiscal, the cash, one or the other. Got to can't run away you, from you, it. You, it's one or the other. And a lot of times, most people is going to need to be a combination of both. Realistically, if you don't have a lot of money, you still can get it done. You just need to be willing to put in that time and put in that work. And what's interesting is when I meet people, they're like, oh, I want to be great. I want to have this business. I want to do, you know, all these amazing things, um, but I don't want to do no work. Okay, well, where your money at? Uh-huh. Well, I ain't got no money. Well, then you got to get in the work boat, one or the other. You live in a fairy tale. Right, because if you got to have money to pay somebody, this stuff still has to be done. And they're not just going to do it for free. Not right, so that's how that works. So you got to have that sort of type of thing and then have some type of idea of what level of service you're looking for you don't have to know exact but you know you should know if you are a diy person if you work better with hands-on if you'll do okay in a small group you know something so you kind of know what direction you want to be in and then lastly i would say an open mind just because so many of the things that people believe about business i normally tear them up like mm. i'd be like nah <laughs> be like that ain't how this work out here in these streets so open mind is very very important Cause I'm the type of person for me personally, I'm not finna sit here and argue with you about what I know. Just not going to do it. Mm. You won't argue. All right. You go and tested it and replicated go, it. Go on to somebody else. I'm not for you. You not for me. And that's fine. We cool. You, you know, you move your way. I move mine. And I think that's very, very pivotal when people can understand, you know, I'm not for you and you not for me. And you also said something earlier, whenever businesses, especially black businesses, 
we'll say, you know, I don't need them. They happy that I'm here. I think those two are two different situations. Yeah. And you have to be able to understand and internalize whenever it's two different situations. Because sometimes your service is trash. Like, no. But sometimes I don't want to work with you because I don't like your energy. Or like, because I know that if I do work with you, it'll be more of a headache than actually me providing that value to you. Absolutely. And sometimes it's like you're not my target customer. You know, I've had people get upset with me. They'll come to me for a project. And I say, well, this project is this, you know, this is the price point for this project. If we want to produce this specific level of service for you. Oh, well, you know, I just think that's too much. Okay. Well, thank you for considering. Good luck. What? You just dismiss me. I'm not dismissing you. You're not my ideal customer. The customer. What we got to talk about. (laughs) Right. The the customer I want to work with is someone that understands this is what it takes. You know what I'm saying? To sow into your business. This is what it takes to get to the next level. This is what it takes to achieve whatever your desire is. I'm not going to try and convince you. That's not my job. (laughs) Here you go. If you're not picking up what I'm putting down, that's cool. Fine. Nothing wrong with that, boo. Wish you luck for whatever you're doing. And that is an interesting thing of seeing people trying to force people to fit them instead of them fitting into what it needs to be. And I know people tell you, you know, you got to be you. You got to be great. Don't be no punk. You know, don't let nobody hold you. Blah, 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 blah. Man, that's trash. Do you know how many broke people it is with all this pride? I ain't saying you got to be a sellout. I'm not saying that. But like there are certain rules and regulations and stipulations that are there. And if you're coming to somebody and you want this from them, you may have to assimilate. Like it is what it is. Like, so I give y'all a prime example. When I wanted to put my office in Dallas, I was at the point I was like, okay, I actually would like to do this with a loan. Like, can I do it with my own money? Yes, but it would be much easier if I had a loan, a lot of credit. You know, I could pace myself with the payback and building out and getting new team members hired and all that stuff. So the first bank that I went to, they told me no. And instead of getting mad and in my feelings, like, okay, well, why did you tell me no? Oh, no, no. So when I went to the second bank, they told me yes. They told me yes in three days. Hmm. I had my money in seven days. And this is a traditional bank, low interest rate, good terms. You know what I'm saying? Big line of credit, <laughs> good loan, every, everything. Why? Because instead of me trying to force what I wanted onto other people, I was wise enough in that situation to say, okay, let me make myself fit what this needs to be so I can go out here and get what I need to get. And I think that's an important skill to have of learning when you need to assimilate and then when you need to stand 10 toes down on something, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, that makes total sense. I'm just that prideful and broke thing, man. Yeah, prideful, that, that broke, stubborn, and stagnant. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what you're going to be if you don't know how to assimilate when you need to. Out here being a broke know-it-all. <laughs> that's the worst to me. Hell you know, yeah. You know everything, but you can't get nothing together. Clearly, you don't know nothing. You don't know too much. You don't know yeah. too much. That's a whole thing. I know we ain't got time to talk about it, but, you know, we were talking earlier before we started filming about people being stuck in cycles and people doing things because, well, that's how my mama did it. That's how my auntie did it. Mm. That's how my grandma did it. That's how my uncle did it. Okay, well, look at them. Where were they? None of them are what living. The, what was the results? That part. None of them are living a life that you want to live. None of them have accomplished anything that you wanted to accomplish. As a matter of fact, a lot of them are in hardship and horror. And if we tell the truth, and it's hard for people to swallow that because it's like, damn, yeah. I, I've been moving wrong. You know what I'm saying? That, that's hard. Like, 
just a little example. You out here going off and cussing everybody out. Well, that's what everybody did, you know what I mean? That's not cute, boo. It's not getting you where you want to be in life. Being the, you know, hostile black woman that's cussing everybody out is not going to get you to where you're trying to get in life, right? Well, you know, it's just something wrong with everybody else. No. No, at what you're point? Tra- <laughs> you're trying to push something on, you know, other people trying to make that thing fit. No, you need to assimilate and chill out. Let it go. You know what I'm saying? Go get you some therapy. Figure out what's going on with your insecurities. Why you think everybody always trying to shade you and do you? Mm-hmm. Get yourself together because this is what they did. But do they have what you're trying to accomplish? Now, look at the people that have what you're trying to accomplish. How do they conduct themselves? Right. How are they moving through life? I tell, I tell other women in business that all the time. Like, I feel like men, y'all kind of don't have to be told that. I think naturally y'all can just kind of see like a guy that's winning and y'all may pick up some traits or characteristics from those guys. But women, sometimes it's like a harder time to get them to do it. But I tell girls, you need to look for a woman that gets, if it's a woman, she seems like everything she throw up, blow up, she get everything she want in life. That may be the chick that you need to, you know, get closer to, learn more about, find something about her ways, because clearly she's moving in a way in life that is advantageous to her. And what you've been taught, I know you've been taught this, I know everybody around you does it, but it's not right for you getting the desired outcome you want. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you cool being at that station in life, keep acting like that. Keep doing that. You know what I'm saying? If you cool with the results you have, keep doing exactly what you're doing. And you're going to end up just like them. But if you want something different, you're going to have to shift. You're going to have to change some stuff. And so that's a hard pill for people to swallow to say what I've been taught or what I've learned or what somebody has imparted in me for mm-hmm. all of these years. And they could be 40, 50 years old before they're having this revelation. It ain't working for you. Yeah. And it, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you going into it, but I do want to pivot to the last section. Like, this has been an amazing episode, yes, very insightful. And I just want to say thank you again. But let's pivot on to what's on your timeline. So, yeah, Any, anything that's funny, it anything. can be serious, whatever. Something that you would like to speak about that you saw on your TL. That I see on my timeline. Oh, okay. okay. There's a few things I want to speak about. But I think probably was trending the most that probably majority of our audience would know about. It's this whole, you know, Derek Jackson mm-hmm. cheating scandal thing that's going on right now. I don't want to talk about it from the aspect of his cheateration. You know what I'm saying? He got to line that up with his wife and with the Lord yep. and with his side pieces and all of that. You know what I'm saying? That, that's between him and them. I think I, I find it interesting from the marketing aspect of mm-hmm. what he's doing. And also... How do I say this? I'm just keep it funky. I ain't gonna try yeah, to keep it all the way. Funky. Funky. Exactly. Oh, I ain't gonna try and be PC. Let me just keep it funky. So there's this thing that people are doing to y'all on social media and y'all don't realize it. Okay. They are spiritually manipulating you, they're emotionally Ooh. manipulating you. They do it through aspirational marketing. They use it through key and trigger words, right? Mm. To get you to move into what you need to move into. And you gotta be careful to guard yourself against this. And there's some very, very big and popular people that have done this. There are even some other influencers, people. Why haven't you worked with them? Because I know they're full of shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't say the name out in public because now it looks like I'm out here beefing with people. So mm. I got to keep it cute. You know what I'm saying? But I will put it to y'all like this. If you ever ask me about somebody and I just ignore you and keep talking, that's what you needed to know. I would rather speak on people that are doing well. You know, and I yeah, say, oh, yeah, well, yeah. I say, oh, have you talked to such and such? Have you checked such and such? They're awesome. 
I just told you without, without, doing, having, to without, say without it, having to say it, right? So that's number one. So when I'm looking at this marketing mastermind that's going on right now with Derek Jackson, because it is y'all, whether you won't believe it or not, I know it's going to make no some of y'all mad. I know some of y'all, that's your favorite, whatever. Number one. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This whole thing, I watched that little video, and I can't count how many times they said God and how many scriptures. And y'all know I love the Lord, okay? He heard my cry. He has elevated me. He the, the God that blew me up, okay? Shot me through the strap. I love the Lord, okay? Let me be clear. However, I also know when people don't bring the Lord in your trash. Into your infidelity. Don't, don't, don't bring, God didn't have nothing to do with this, bro. Bring the Lord bro, sis, like, don't do that, right? So I don't know if y'all was catching some of the terms. Like he was like new marriage. This ain't no new marriage. Y'all still the same people. Like stop this. Like, no, stop. Let's stop with that. Then if it was really God that changed you, why did you wait until after the mistresses came out to now try and address it and say something? If y'all were healing and have recovered from all of this, right? Like y'all got to realize when you're being played. Okay. Because Social media is extremely lucrative, and I'm not mad at him. Like, eat, bro, get your coins. You know what I'm saying? Do what you're doing, right? But you got to use your common sense. Like, as much as he shares and he's supposed to be a relationship, you know, advice guru and a healer and stuff like that, why would you have not come forward before this happened Mm. to say, this is where I was in my old marriage, to use this terminology, and this is how we've been able to recover and change this stuff and shift this stuff, and we want to help other people overcome this too. But you didn't because we on the marketing train. Yeah. And when I seen it, I was like, oh, I said, we're going to get hit with a redemption tour. There's probably going to be some type of book. And then I think eventually they're probably going to parlay their way into like relationship coaching business or something like that. Like y'all got to see the setup when it's coming. So again, I'm looking, I'm not mad. I'm like, this man is a marketing genius. Mm -hmm. Like, God dang, like this brother is fine. Even the statement, right? And the way it was put out and how the words, even the fact that in the background that y'all got to keep in mind, this dude never. Shows his wife. He never shows his kid. Now, all of a sudden, you hear the baby in the background. Oh, hon, go check on the baby. Mm-hmm. So you want to set up like you're a doting father. You know what I'm saying? Like you're amazing. Like what? You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's you got to. It's all you a gotta, PR you, you're thing. Right. Yeah. It's PR. You got to see what's going You got to see what's going on. Then this dude is fire at hitting his target audience. Y'all know black dudes online be tearing this dude up, been tearing him up for years. They have been very vocal in how they feel about him and his things, right? They like to call him a simp and all kinds of other stuff, (laughs) right? He don't care because y'all don't buy his products. Exactly. He's talking to his target audience. So one thing that is amazing about him, even in this, he's still talking specifically to his target audience. He's talking to them and them only. He does not care what you do. You know who else is very good at that? Donald Trump. Mm. I would tell people that all the time. Donald Trump don't care. He don't care what none of us have to say. He don't care. He's a flying fart. Yeah, nah. he's not here for us. He is here for them. Mm-hmm. Derek Jackson is not here for you. He is here for his audience, period. Point mm. blank, point blank, okay? So this is amazing to watch how he is still able to say so skilled and speaking directly to his audience base. So I do think there's some things that we can learn from this. Mm. Whether you agree with what he's doing, I'm not saying I agree no, with no, the cheatation. Yeah. I'm not saying that. But if you're just looking at how he's moving in mm-hmm. business, because he potentially could have lost a huge amount of income and that could have ruined him, but he honestly just set himself up in a position to bounce back, even with bringing the wife onto the camera with him, right? And he guided and led the conversation 
And if you watch the conversation, he starts to interview her so he can make sure he can get the information out that needs to be out there. Mm -hmm. He starts asking her different questions about how she felt about this and what you think about this. Wow. I might have to go right? check. Yeah, I mean, you got to go check. It's amazing to see. Like, I mean, it's incredible. I'm just like. Especially I'm, when you're looking at it from a different lens. I'm like, like, I'm like, like, I'm like yeah. I see you, bro. I see you. Touche. Mm -hmm. Can't be <laughs> said touche. I can't be <laughs> mad at it. And again, I'm not saying I'm, you know, with him in his yeah. generation. I'm not saying that. But I got to give props to props to do when I'm watching somebody doing what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? On the marketing tip. And I'm like, shit, I'm like, this is crazy. Right? Yeah. So probably like that is the biggest sound. I don't want to break down too much into it. Even I feel like with the appearance of how they had the wife come on the camera. Mm -hmm. I feel like, come on now. Like he looked more put together. She looked like she kind of just was doing laundry at, mm -hmm. at the house or something, right? But she's a beautiful woman, but she didn't present herself like mm -hmm. she was coming on camera. One, he did that intentionally because he knew it was going to take some of the heat off of him because people are going to be so focused on her in that beanie or the bonnet. Damn, not having a bra. Black Twitter making uh, memes. Right. He knew they was gonna take he knew they was gonna take off and run with that, right? So all I can say is, well played on his side. Clearly she's standing by her man because she told us, Hey, I already know what's been going on. This new news to y'all, this old news to me. We'd have already covered and been through this. So, you know, it is what it is. I think she actually said, like, can't nobody tell me nothing that I don't know. She didn't say it with like hot sauce. She said it in a very kind and gentle way, but I mean that's what she said. So she basically letting you know, hey, she with it. She in on it. Like, hey, we together. These bills paid. <laughs> we deal. These bills paid. And he the pimped all y'all and had y'all out here being single for all these years because no man could meet this unbelievable standard that you were holding them up to while he out here with a wife, a mistress, and a yeah, magic. Yeah. You know what I'm bopping. saying? He out here living. He's in multiple relationships, okay? And you're not in one. Let me stop that. I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... Let me stop. Right then, when we get into the appearance, not only does it take some of the attention off of him and what he's doing, right? Because people online are talking so much about her, her appearance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not even talking anymore about the fact that the mistress had came out with, you know, I got pictures of us in the bed. I got, oh, you know, he'd have flew me out. I got receipts. I got videos of him asking me what kind of panties I got on. And all people ain't even talking about that no more. They done went crazy on the wife and the peers. This man has a short attention span. The, and he knows this. And this man has been on Instagram for years and years and years and been able to monetize it and capitalize at it. So that's what I say. He knows. They know exactly what they're doing. Right. And it's amazing just to watch back and see it. Then I also feel with the appearance, he also put it out there like that because basically what he's saying without saying well, you know, I wasn't being fulfilled properly, you know, at home, right? And he knows that some women are going to look at her and some men are going to look at her and say, well, look at her, I would have cheated too. Which again, she's a beautiful woman. She's just not all glammed up, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But she's like, you can look at her and tell she's naturally a pretty woman. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong. Everybody ain't got to be on level 10, you know, mm -hmm. lashes, face beat, all, all that. that all you ain't, you ain't, yeah, yeah, you ain't got to be all of that. But clearly, and also he's putting her out there like that. Because she's relatable to his audience. Again, he knows his target. So his target is, right, strong, independent, hardworking women, probably a little bit more financially stable, having trouble in the love realm, right? And if I'm sitting at home a lot, well, I don't sit at home in a bonnet, okay? I, just, I don't be at home. Silk pillowcases, okay? 
satin head wraps, all right, silk scarves, beautiful thing, pineapple the thing. All right, ladies, try it. Now, that, but if you want to be at home with a bunny, be in the bunny. I ain't mad at it. Bosses wear bunnets, okay? I know a lot of bosses, chicks that wear bunnets, okay? So anyway, but I like this, that this bosses is, and bonnets. That's a whole community. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a relatability thing that he has going on too, because it's mm-hmm. like, well, look at her. She looks like you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I could go on and on and on. Better this. step it's, it up, it's, ladies. This could be you next. Right. It could be. It could be you. Place. You could be with a guy with muscles and you know earns a great living, and he's gonna learn his lesson and straighten up, and y'all are gonna have a miraculous life together too. Sheesh. Keep buying into what I'm telling you. She bought into what I told you, and look where she's at. You know what I'm saying? Like, like getting you know what just I mean? like y'all. <laughs> hey, I, I said I get like I said. I feel like she's in on it. Like they're a couple, they're a pair. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so that's probably what's on my timeline because this reason that just happened. And like I said, it's incredible just to see from the marketing perspective mm. of how they are doing this. I can't be mad at him. He out, he out there killing it. He doing what he's doing and he's securing his bag and now he's creating space for another line of business, right? He can go into a whole thing. How to know if your man is really healed. How to know if your man won't cheat no more. Do you see what I'm saying? Like he can. He just opened up a whole new set of doors for himself. How we recover from our infidelity. How we made our marriage stronger than ever. Like, come on now. I'm not, again, I ain't mad at it. I just see where they're going. So, yeah. That's smart though. I, I love that. <laughs> Man. I love That's that you're able to analyze it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we didn't took the mess and then turned it into something insightful. Turn that mess into money. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I love That's it. That's gonna be my new course. Turn that mess into money. Come and see me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes, indeed. As you, you, yeah, that was me. That was me. Really I thought something broke, but I was nah. like, damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is not pleased. <laughs> Ashley, yo, this has been amazing. This has been great. We glad that you could pull up mm-hmm. on us in Dallas. This has been an amazing interview, very insightful, educational. We're very thankful that you pulled up on us. She drove here, by yeah, the way, yeah, y'all. Yeah. Like, she got on the road. Got real on the road, one. six hours. You're a real one. Big body. Yeah. You in the, the thing? No, I'm in the car. I'm about to say. I'm like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Now, my work truck is fabulous now. I got, hey, I'm, I'm an Escalade girl, and I got I the 2021. You know, I was one of the first people to have it. You guys don't know, go check it out. It's lit. The technology is amazing. Exclusive. exclusive. I got custom color. You know, I got the hands. Come on, seats. you got all of the custom I got, I got colors. The, I got the massage chairs in it. I got the 36 speakers round. Yes. Come on, man. I got the touch, I got I the touch why, screen. I got I the 38 inch console. Yes, it. <laughs> I see why she said I'm gonna get on the road. <laughs> I got I got the 38 inch console. It's, it's lovely. Come got the on. augmented reality. When you drive in the, little, car? in the car, when you drive, the little arrows pop up. My rearview mirror, I see all the lights. This whole camera back. I Hold see on, everything. Look, look, if you're going to get your work vehicle, get you a work vehicle. Y'all know I hit we, the road in a minute, so look, I'm, I'm and, here for it. We got to lock in with you because yeah. I need one of them whenever yes. we're doing these podcasts. You, do, you, so, do. you can yeah. do the podcast in the truck. They'll no, be lit. No, I'm trying to tell That'd you. Like, I'm pressure. trying to have the guests get the, massage while we podcast. I love it. I love my work vehicle. I'll be honest, like, because I've never been, I mean, I've always been interested in cars, mm-hmm. but that is the first car that I ever got. I was like, this is everything I thought it would be. I'm so pleased with my purchase. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so, well, I didn't purchase it. The company purchased it, but. That's what I, was, I already knew that part was about yeah, to be I didn't purchase it. The company purchased it. And because it's over 6,000 pounds, it was a full tax write-off that year. 
Mm. Come on now. Yes. Oh, she just dropped more game on y'all. Gems. Yeah. yeah. The company but, also purchased the Rolls and the Range Rover. So that was that thing I was talking about. Around, yeah, yeah, I ain't bought a car in a long time. My Jag was the last car I bought. One of the many no, I'm benefits lying. My of four, building my, a business. My Forerunner. My Forerunner. My Forerunner was like one of the last cars that I bought. Mm. But yeah, my businesses, if it's something like, okay, so this is how I feel. If you get in a car, like, for instance, y'all know we in the country. So you need a good truck. Get your good F-150 or something like that. Because you're going to keep around. Buy that, keep that, pay it off, whatever. You know, low maintenance, stuff like that. But if you know, you know, especially people like us, like I'm a consultant, I'm a strategist. I teach people how to make money. You know what I'm saying? I'm a millionaire maker. I can't be out here saying I'm going to help you get your coins popping, you know, and I'm pulling up to the scene, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't clean. That You're going to be like, what? How's, how does that work? That's, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a part of my job, whether y'all want to admit it or not. We'll get to, we ain't got time. They'll bring me back and we'll talk about yeah, we definitely your appearance and what's going yeah. on. Like that, but that's part of your job, whether you know it or not. Okay. So anyways, if you know you're in that type of profession like us, mm-hmm. every three years, maybe you're going to need to trade up, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or something like that. Lease and understand you're going to have a note. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't, it, that's a business expense for you. That's mm. like, it's cool. It's, it's okay. literally a business, it's a business expense, expense for you. And, right and you need it anyway, because you got to offset how much money you're making in the first place. So go ahead and do it. And then every three years, just go on and trade up into whatever else you want now. Now the done, I'm probably going to keep the done because that's my first done. And I had always wanted that, to, I had wanted the done for a long time. That thing beautiful. Thank you. Thing I worked beautiful. hard with the little, with I was the, looking, with the I, I think he was like, orange. I think he yeah. was like on live showing. I was like, hold up, man. I know that ain't what I think it is. It is. is that what I think it is? It is. It is. That motherfucker beautiful, too. Thank you. So that, I feel like I may hold on to that one just be like, I mean, you know, it'll be 60 years old. It's still going to be a beautiful ride. That one in particular. And then, you know, the next one, I just keep rolling it over every couple of years. Or ain't nothing wrong with I be that. sentimental about stuff. I still, you know, the little fat back TVs. Mm-hmm. You I still, still got I know you still ain't got one of them TVs. I promise I do. Oh, my God. And it still works. Oh and it's older God. than me. And I don't care. I love it. I still got my desk from back in the day when I was like struggling and starting my business. And I had to like sand it down, painting myself, everything. It's in my office. So I stream with this down. Stu- I still have that desk. Took my last $50, went to Habitat for Humanity, bought that desk. It took me a week to stain it, paint it, sand it down, all of that. Everywhere I go, every office, it will go with me. It's, mm. I, I just get sentimental about some stuff because it's like a constant reminder mm. of like, look at where you come from to like where mm. you are now you know what i'm saying like i still had a little sofa that was in my first office that was downtown on main street in the foyer because i couldn't afford the sofa i wanted i think the sofa i wanted was like six thousand dollars or something i barely had two nickels to scrub together at that time so i went and made my replica of it i made basically like a headboard mounted on the wall bought me like a bench with open storage stuff in it like stuff did my you little custom pillows. i made it happen and it looked slick did a mofo and it still looks good. And it's down in my office to this day. So it's some stuff like, I'll be like, I like, it's like, but, oh, like this is like a mile marker or like an accomplishment mm. for me. So I hold on to it. I'm not like a hoarder. I, you no, know, other, no, other, no. other stuff, I just get rid of it. But yeah, that fat back TV, it keeps you humble. Yeah, for <laughs> real. You, you ever tried to pick one of them things up? Heavy. Heavy, man. Heavy. Heavy. Guess what else I still got? You remember back in the day, they used to have like the DVD VCR combos? You still got one of them? Swear. Yeah, me and my, girl, my, my grandmother still, got, still one got one of them. She like all the DVDs. She like old movies. Still, I was watching that shit. Still got it. 
You need yeah. to have it. You gotta somebody gotta be able to tell the yeah. kids we yeah. used to exist. For, yo, look, look, look what this <laughs> look was. This look. was before Netflix. Okay. <laughs> we couldn't just stream stuff to the TV and to the phone. You used to have to actually go and, go and buy, get it. Go get it. Go to a red box. You used to have to go to a box. Nah, for real though. Like, yeah, a red box went out of style too. Right. Sheesh. They killed it. Netflix came through, changed the game. Nah, for real though. Damn, man. That's crazy. But can you please plug yourself in for those who listen to this episode, where can they follow you, keep up with you? You got products. How can they purchase these products? Yeah. All of that. Okay, so first of all, text commas with a K because we got the commas club out Yo. here in these streets. If you're in the United States or if you're in Canada and you're watching this, text commas 501-285-8966, okay? That will get you a free marketing plan. And, you know, the first message is going to be automated to come to you. But after that, it's actually a real person, okay? Mm-hmm. Hey, it's me or somebody on my team. I'm literally in there every day. And we send birthday gifts to the people in the kingdom. So we send free products to people too that are in the Commerce Club. So Turn you know, up. it's perks. Like we're gonna, we gonna get you right. If you're outside of the US and Canada, because I know y'all got the international audience, what y'all need to do, go to King Ashley Ann. That's my Instagram page. Click the link in my bio, join the Royal Court. Mm-hmm. And it's free 99. And I'll just email you instead of text you. Mm. Hey man. Just like that. Y'all sign up for that. Facebook, Instagram. King Ashlyn, come fool with me. I just started TikToking. I'm having a lot of fun over there. I'm a King Ashlyn over there too. Um, and my YouTube page is King Ashlyn. Now, granted, it's content on the YouTube page. I got a little strategy I'm working on, so you know, just wait on it. But it's definitely a bunch of business stuff and trainings and stuff you can watch. We're putting stuff up there just to hold people over till I get into the YouTube live space. I'm coming in there. Every time I come mm-hmm. to live, you know, I come in and take over. I'm coming to YouTube. Hey. I'll yeah, be there soon. Come in run it. The super chat's gonna go crazy. On Hell this. yeah! I already, know I already know too. For those of you that want to work with me, show up to a couple of live streams first to make sure I'm your cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's a message. Yeah, that is a message. And I just want to say once again, thank you for pulling up on us. Appreciate you for thank you that. For uh, me. We definitely, definitely loved it. I enjoyed yeah, this amazing. episode. Amazing episode. And before we get up out of here, I do want to go over some house cleaning. I want to say thank you to everyone who rocks with us week in, week out. If you're new here, we hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. If you are new or if you have been here, we also got a number y'all can text so y'all can stay up to date with the newest on the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. Every time we drop a new podcast, you can actually get into the Patreon this way also where we'll be putting exclusive interviews of ad-free content, all of that. So y'all can join the Patreon through this. Also, text us POD, P-O-D, just POD, to 337-455-7778. You can text me late, I don't care. 337-455-7778. Text the word pod and you'll be able to start getting all of those updates on the Black Earth Renaissance podcast. What you got, David? Ah, man, I just got to say thank y'all once again for everybody that's tuning in. Y'all make sure to leave us those five-star ratings and reviews if you're a fan of this. It helps us grow the show. And y'all just keep tuned into what we got, man. We trying to go up all the way to the top. Like I told y'all, we trying to get to 20K listeners. First week episode. Y'all keep sharing that with y'all people. More pressure on the way. BWR. On the way out of here, man. So on that note, this is Black Wolf Renaissance signing out. Peace. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone.
Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on I've been chasing after paper, all I know is run money marathon My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh yeah, love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.